Good morning or afternoon or evening, whenever it is that you might be uh, listening or watching this podcast. Uh, this is the Proverbs for Professionals podcast, and I'm your host, Pastor Adam Peak. where every Saturday I go through a chapter from the book of Proverbs that corresponds with the date. So today is the 30th, so we'll be going through Proverbs chapter 30. This is a great habit if you're looking for a way to get into uh, you know, reading a Bible, uh, into kind of a daily devotional thing. A Proverbs a day can be a really awesome thing. I almost said keeps the doctor away, but you know, it seemed a little, seemed a little silly. Uh, so Proverbs chapter 30 is, is long. Uh, there are a lot, there's a lot of things happening in Proverbs chapter 30. I'm not going to go through every single thing. Eventually we'll get back to Proverbs chapter 30 as the months roll along. And I'll cover some different parts when we get through it. So don't think that I'm just like skipping over things because if I went through everything, this would be a really long podcast. And I want to keep it, you know, relatively palatable so that you can uh, listen to it in kind of a 10 to 15 minute increment and uh, and kind of get along with your day, whether you're out for a walk or a run or a drive or whatever it is. So uh, Proverbs chapter 30 is uh, is is written by Agur, the son of Jacob, the oracle. Who that person is, um, I don't really know, to be honest with you. Um, I didn't dig into the person who wrote it uh, because it didn't seem to, it, I mean, it would be super helpful, obviously, if you wanted to dig into that, I say go for it. Um, I did not this morning um, because the proverb was so long and I was trying to figure out what it was that I wanted to share um, for the, you know, for the business professional, um, along with, you know, just people in general. But again, this is really kind of focused towards uh, towards a business professional. So um, let's get going here because I think that a lot of us can really resonate with verse one. Verse one says, the man declares, I am weary, O God. I am weary, O God, and worn out. So we are what? Week 37, it feels like, of this uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, for a lot of people, we are you know, we've been locked into our homes and we can't do the things that we love. Like I love playing basketball. I love watching basketball. This big part of my life has just been gone. And that's, uh, that's hard. I think it's, and, and that's the easiest hard thing, you know, like not watching basketball, not playing basketball. There are, there are a lot of really horrible, terrible problems, whether it's, you know, illness and death, job loss, uh, 401ks just getting ripped apart. There's a lot of really difficult things happening in the workplace. People are having to adjust to working from home. And what does that look like? And you've got kids or, you know, you've got really young kids and dogs and Zoom calls. And I think there's just a weariness that is starting to set in. Like, is this going to be a normal for a longer period of time? You know, three or six months. And, and I think where this is, is really interesting is as Proverbs is talking about wisdom I think it's okay for us to just say, to just cry out to God and say, God, listen, I'm tired. If you go all through the Psalms, as David is writing all the time, he's just talking about being weary. Uh, the prophet Jeremiah, who had a really horrible job, to be honest with you, uh, he says uh, in Jeremiah verse or chapter 20, he says that your word is like a fire trapped up inside of me. I'm weary 
I'm, I'm tired. What am I going to do? Your word is like this fire. I can't even hold it back. It's just going to come out of me. But it's exhausting, he says. It's okay to be exhausted. It's okay to be tired. Jesus talks about being tired. Um, you know, he, he had to sleep. Like, oh, it's, it's okay to just say, like, God, I can't do this right now. I'm exhausted. And, and I want you to know, not that you need my permission, but you have my full permission <laughs> to say that, to just say, I'm, I'm weary. I'm weary. He says, listen, he says, surely I'm too stupid to be a man. I have not the understanding of a man. I have not learned wisdom, nor have I knowledge of the Holy One. So he is, he is going all in with God. He's just saying, this is how I feel, right? God is not afraid of your feelings. God is not afraid of you being able to say, I'm, I'm feeling pretty dumb right now. I'm feeling pretty stupid right now. It's not terrifying to God. Um, so, so bring that before him. Quick side note here. He says, nor have I knowledge of the Holy One. Um, there is a fantastic book. It's an old book written by A.W. Tozer called Knowledge of the Holy um, that I highly recommend for anybody. If you're looking for a, a spiritual book to read, I use the term spiritual and not religious because it is very much spiritual in nature. Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozer. Check it out. Uh, so luckily this proverb does not stop in verses uh, 1, 2, and 3. Uh, he continues to, to, to cry out. And this is something I think that happens for me when I'm feeling really exhausted at work and I take a moment to pray and I just sort of say out loud, what is it that is bothering me? There is a type of meditative resilience that, that comes forward where I begin to unearth, well, what is true? I, I say this to my kids all the time when they're afraid. Um, when they're afraid that like somebody's going to break into our house, I'll say, well, what is true? Let's talk about what is true. Has anybody ever broken into our house? No. Uh, do we have security in our house? Yes. You know, uh, does, do, do I have a gun in a safe? Yes. Okay, so do you still need to be afraid? Now, is there a chance? Of course. But let's think about what is true. I don't say, is there a chance? But you know what I mean? Like, we think about what is true. And it seems like when I start to do that in my prayers, when I start to feel overwhelmed with my job, that I get on this journey of, of certainty with my worldview of who I believe God to be. So verse 5, as he's writing this all out, he says, Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. And so I have found this to be so true in my life, that every word of God, <clears throat> every word of God proves true. And that when I go to him in these times of weariness, in these times of difficulty, in these times of despair, that he becomes this shield. And I think it's a great place to be. Um, so this, he starts to get a little bit more practical here on things that he's going to ask for. He'll start to make some analogies. I'm not going to get into the analogies, sadly. They're really awesome. But I'm not going to get into those for, for the sake of time. But he says, two things I ask of you. So he starts off with what is, what is true about his state. He then is driven to what is true about God's state. Now he's going to begin to ask and talk to God on a, on a more practical level. It's a good pattern for how we should pray. Um, I think it's, I think it's a, a good place to start. How do you feel and allow God to guide you into what is true about the Lord? And then from that position of this knowledge, where he says, I don't have knowledge. Now he has knowledge of the Holy One. It's from there that we can begin, I think, to have a really real conversation. 
And I think this is really powerful because I think a lot of us, uh, the, the Proverbs talk about these things all the time, but it's a, it's a good reminder always. Two things I ask of you, deny them not to me before I die. Again, so I'm in verse seven. I'm reading from the English Standard Version, the ESV of the Bible. I said this at the first couple ones. What's the best translation of the Bible? Whichever one you're going to read. That's it. Uh, so two things I ask of you, deny them not to me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. Do you notice this flies directly in the face of this, this I would say, wicked and twisted theology which is this prosperity gospel that God wants to give you so much money that you're going to be rich beyond your wildest imagination. Here we have this, this man, Agar, the son of Jacob, the oracle, who's saying every word of God proves true. And he says, if that is true, let me ask you a couple things. And this, is, this has now become the word of God in Proverbs. He says, I don't, want, I don't want to be dishonest. I don't want to be false. I don't want to lie. Help me out with that. And I believe that God answers that prayer. You know, like God will help in that because God is the God of truth. So he says, take these things away from me. And then he says, give me neither poverty nor give me riches. And then he explains that. He's like, I don't want to be so rich that I get so full up that I say, well, who is the Lord? This is a big problem in America today. Do you know that? This is a huge problem. The, the wealth of our country means there are people who are like, listen, I can buy however many jet skis I want. I don't need God. I don't, need, I don't even need to rely upon God. And yet when you travel around the world, if you, have, if you have the ability to do it, I highly recommend to travel around the world and see the faith and the joy of people who have nothing other than to put their faith and trust in the Lord. They have, they have neither poverty in, in the sense of their, their, um, their surroundings. You know, they're not the poorest people in their neighborhood. They are poor to us, but in their neighborhood, they are neither poor nor wealthy. And they have this beautiful sense of dependence on the Lord. So he says, give me neither poverty nor riches. I don't want to be so full and deny God, but I also don't want to be so poor that I have to steal. And so this, this prosperity gospel, which says that God wants to make you rich, this man is praying against that. He's saying, no, no, it's fine. And listen, in our workplace, I think this is really true. Um, to be completely transparent, I've had job opportunities placed before me that would, would make me a lot more money than what I make today. True story. Um, hopefully some of you have that same type of, of opportunity because uh, it's, it's very, uh, it fills you up. You're, it fills up my flesh, right? Like I feel really important. And, and honestly, when I have dove into those and when I've looked at it and I've seen what can happen when extreme amounts of wealth come upon people, um, not, I mean, not even just the like, you know, whatever, uh, you know, the, the mental health side of things and the suicide rate with lottery winners and all this. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that I have five children and I want to be fully present with them at times when I'm fully present. And a lot of these jobs, man, they just consume people. They consume every ounce of their energy and their time to which they are still married and they are still a father or they are still a mother. 
but they they have no time they have no energy they have no presence with their kids and so you know i i just don't i don't want anything anything with that to do with that all right i have to hurry up here i didn't realize i just looked at the time i've already been talking for 12 minutes so um like i said i'll go back through this because there are a lot of really amazing things um let me go here uh to the end and uh i'm gonna skip over a lot of stuff again i apologize there's a lot of really awesome things in here but i really want to talk about this um so verse 32 if you have been foolish exalting yourself or if you have been devising evil put your hand on your mouth (laughs) how direct is that how direct is that so if you are somebody think about this from a from a social media presence and i know this isn't so much a, a business angle but you know roll with me on it if you are out there only putting out stuff that makes you feel really good if you are not humbly seeking out knowledge and understanding, if you are if you are not willing to listen to other sides on conversations, you know we can even pull this into the business perspective. If you're in a meeting and you think I am right and they are wrong, and you cannot humbly enter into that meeting with an open mind, with a with a heart that seeks after understanding, Proverbs says, do this. You know, close up your mouth. Sorry, I'm not supposed to touch my face, but I I did wash my hands before this, so uh, deal with that. (laughs) Um, But close up, put your hand over your mouth. Don't even talk. Don't even talk. If you're you're foolish, if you're only about self-exaltation, stop talking. Stop typing. Stop writing things. If all you want to do is is be proven right, if all you want to do is put yourself in an echo chamber, if you are a leader and you only want to surround yourself with people who are going to prop you up and exalt you, I would say that you are devising evil and I would say this, put your hand over your mouth. Stop talking. Stop sharing. Stop doing that stuff because all you are doing is devising evil. He says the, the uh, what's the guy's name? Sorry, I already forgot. Uh, Agar, son of Jacob, the oracle, says, for pressing milk produces curds. So when you so if you are that way and you push on milk, it's going to produce curds. And pressing the nose produces blood. So again, when you apply this pressure, if it's coming from a position of selfishness and devising of evil, if you keep your mouth open, you are applying pressure to this stuff. And pressing anger produces strife. And so you cause anger when you do this. You cause frustration when you do this. When, when all you are is selfish and you are applying this pressure to those things. And I would say that the opposite is true. When you press in and you lean in with compassion and with empathy and with humility and with caring and with kindness, when you lean in there, what that does is the opposite. It takes anger and it allows it to dissipate and turn into to even a righteous anger, you know, a, a refocused anger. I'm not saying it gets rid, anger is not bad right? Do you know that? Anger is not bad. Um, you know, just like milk and noses aren't bad. Anger is not bad. It's not sinful. But when, when we approach that with the heart to learn and a heart to understand, whether it's in a social setting, whether it's on social media, or if it's in the business setting, especially in a business setting, when we press in with something other than our own selfishness, we begin to see good, positive things happen from that anger or from that uh, frustration or even just from the meeting. When we are trying to collaborate and we are trying to work with other people, that's what's gonna happen. 
So uh, next week, let me see here. There's 31 days. I can't even remember what the date will be next week. Hang on, let me look at my calendar because I can't remember. But I'm pretty stoked um, to to see what we're going to be able to do. Uh, it is, wait for it, <laughs> uh, my... The 6th. Hey, there's 31 days. So we'll be on the 6th next week. I'm so stoked to talk with you about Proverbs chapter 6. So until next week, thanks for listening. Please like it, share it, subscribe it, whatever it is that you would like to do. Thanks.